What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode of 2021 here on the Normal Guy Lazy Eye podcast. We're actually on episode 23, but it's a new year. So uh, new episodes of the podcast, obviously coming out every Wednesday. And uh, so I want to kick this year off thanking the best sponsors in the world. That is the team over at Manscaped. Now, gentlemen, it is a new year. It's time for a new you. We're going to leave 2020 in the past. Forget like it never happened. And I think it's time you get yourself something nice. Maybe you're getting back to your apartment uh, after visiting the family from the holidays and you realize, wow, I did not need these four pullovers that mom got me. Or maybe uh, I didn't get a pair of boxers in my stocking this year. I need some new underwear. Well, the team over at Manscaped is here to hook you up. And there's one product that I think is really something nice, and that is their brand new Weed Whacker. Gentlemen, if there's one thing everybody hates, it's a really, really long nose hair. So the team over at Manscaped has put in a brand new product called the Weed Whacker. We're going to get rid of those nose hairs here. 2021 is the year of no nose hairs. That's right. The Weed Whacker has the same exact skin safe technology used in the Lawnmower 3.0. So you're not going to get any nicks or cuts up there when you're getting rid of those weed, uh, getting rid of those weeds up there. Um, and it's it's real. It really is. It, it you got to get rid of them. It's like I don't nose hairs are so dumb. Like there's like it's like flies are so annoying. Nose hairs are annoying. I th- I'd put them in the same category. So, gentlemen. Go get yourself something nice, get a new pair of boxers, fresh pair of boxers, get the new weed whacker. And when you're at checkout over at manscaped.com, use the code LAZYEYE to get 20% off. That's right. They're still hooking us up here in 2021. You listeners are getting some sweet deals from our guys and gals over at Manscaped. So head over to manscaped.com, use the promo code LAZYEYE at checkout to get 20% off. That is the code LAZYEYE and 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com it's a new year it's time for a new you and your balls will thank you now let's get to this week's show this is the normal guy lazy eye podcast a true eye opening experience all gas no breaks that's exactly how i would describe our next guest of the podcast, Spencer Crandall, is here. And Spencer is a country music artist from Denver, Colorado. He's out in Nashville right now. And he is the hottest thing in country music right now. There's no question. Uh, he dropped Wilderness back in November. It's his independent uh, album that charted number one on iTunes in the country genre in the first week of its release. Number four in all genres in the first week. 20 million plus streams on Spotify. This guy is making some noise and the music he creates is so incredible it's like it's not your typical country i, I love country music but it, it's it, he, you'll hear on the podcast this week he's he's not your typical country music artist he's the justin timberlake meets john bellion of country as he puts it it's just a really fun interview talking about you know really doing this off all, all, all on his own uh and it takes time it takes failures it takes saying yes to a lot of things, a lot of things that don't always work, a lot of things that don't always pan out, but it always leads to the next thing. And Spencer had an absolutely incredible 2020. We're really looking forward to him in 2021. I really hope you enjoy this interview. It's a good one. So stick around and please enjoy Spencer Crandall. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a very special guest on today's podcast. Spencer Crandall is a country music artist from Denver, Colorado, now out in Nashville, Tennessee. And ladies and gentlemen, this guy is absolutely crushing it with over a million followers on TikTok, 250 followers, 250,000, excuse me, on IG and over 1.2 million listeners on Spotify. This guy has created a massive fan base and he's doing it all independently. Spencer, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's, It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. How are you? You've been one one busy dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a fun, crazy, weird, unexpected year. So, you know, it all it all worked out. But yeah, it's been a busy one. And you're wrapping it up there in your childhood home now in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> if y'all are listening to this, obviously you cannot see it. But um, there behind me is like a like a little homage, almost like if I had died in a drunk driving accident, some sort of like shadow box uh, jersey above my bed. And yeah, very dramatic, very, uh, you know, Sherry Crandall likes to <laughs> honor her kids and show them that they're loved. So yes, yeah, yeah, I'm you, in my room. <laughs> your room definitely gets like torn if, if, if your parents are showing their friends the house, right? <laughs> they'll, they'll pop in. Yeah. Show them the old, uh, 
mediocre grades and uh, the football jersey for sure. I love it. <laughs> the mediocre grades. But I mean, so Wilderness gets released in early November. I mean, a, an absolutely wild record. Just And just the, the success of it is absolutely incredible. And we'll definitely dive into that. But before we get into your music and what you're doing today, I want to go back to where it all started and kind of as we talk about your childhood home, you know, you grew up in Denver, Colorado. What was life like in the Crandall household? Yeah, no, how fitting to talk about that while I'm literally looking at a picture of me right in front of me of like me at like a third grade birthday party. So it's right. um, growing up at the Crandall house is great, man. I, I've got two awesome parents who have been together for 34 years and I got an older brother, younger brother, little sister. Um, you know, we have our, our stuff like any other family, but we're all really close and, um, we were just constantly outside doing stuff. So I feel like I was camping or fishing or snowboarding or, you know, the luxuries of, of living in Colorado. So all that stuff was so fun. And, and I was so into sports. I wanted to be in the NFL. I went to like Dwight Freeney football camp and Ed McCaffrey football camp and all these things growing up. And I just did what my friends did. I always loved like acting and music and stuff, but I didn't even think, you know, people could do that for a living. I just assumed that that, you know, was for somebody else in somebody else's life. So I grew up playing sports and went to school, um, you know, Thunder Ridge High School, graduated 2013. And and for my senior project in high school, I learned to play the guitar because it was like a learning stretch and it's something I'd never done before. So it was kind of, you know, it's kind of funny looking back now and being like, oh yeah, like I, I didn't do music growing up and I just kind of picked it up at like 18, 19. A, a blessing in disguise at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but because you cause you go on to play football at Colorado Mesa and play college football, and then yeah, I did my research. So, <laughs> but so you, it's I, I heard that you had two shoulder surgeries, and that's kind of where the football career came to a halt, pretty much, like a you know rather quickly. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, anybody who's gone through that will tell you like it's pretty devastating. And my identity was as the football guy. So I play football. This is what I do. And, you know, you roll up to a party and people are like, Oh, what do you do? And I wouldn't even tell them my major. I'm like, Oh, I play football. Like, yeah. Major so, football. <laughs> yeah. And so when that got taken away, I just, I had no idea what to do with my life. And I put so much time and effort into it. So, you know, kind of just happened to have that little, you know, Walmart or target guitar or whatever I had sitting in my dorm room. And I just started picking it up out of boredom and sadness and, kind of avoiding my schoolwork. So, yeah. Crazy. I mean, yeah, like you kind of you hinted on it, but like how hard is it to write that next chapter? I mean, I, sw- I swam in college. I'm, I'm right there with you. I was fortunate to finish my career, but a lot of people, you know, after that, whether it was four years of college athletics or, or even probably if you're in college athletics, it's 10 years of age group swimming, playing football. Now you have to re-identify yourself and create a new identity because for a lot of us, right, professional sports, isn't the the next thing that's just wildly open for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, professional sports is a 1% of a 1% dream and right. it's such a fun life to live. And then all of a sudden it kind of isn't, you know, like your whole body hurts and you can't do school and football. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I don't love this as much as I did in high school. And like waking up early and smacking other dudes <laughs> football pads sounds terrible. And so yeah it kind of all just started to fade away at the same time. And like you said, that's, that was my identity. So it is really hard. I think, you know, I'm just kind of a, it's a good and a bad thing. I have a very like um, obsessive personality. So when I obsessed over football, I was like, I'm going to get a football scholarship. And even though I was wildly undersized and honestly, not even that good, I like made it happen. And, and that was the same thing with music. I just started doing it. And I, you know, I kind of had this self-awareness moment where I was like, Oh, I actually think I'm like relatively good. Like, I don't think this is like a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could do this. And so I just started posting online and writing songs. And then, yeah, I don't know. For me, I, I've just kind of always asked myself if I could do anything in the world, what would I do? And what would be the most fun? So I know that's not, you know, that's a luxury too. I understand a lot of people have to like work in college or through college. I, I'm so fortunate and blessed that like my parents paid for my college and um, they, they kind of have a deal with us that as long as we're in college, that they'll kind of help us out with rent and, and some of that stuff. So right. I tricked them into allowing me to do online school and move to Nashville a year early. And so that way I was like, look, I'm still in school. So you can't kick me out yet. 
And that way I got to go start playing some shows and meet people. And in that time could kind of transition into music full time, luckily with streaming and shows and all that stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about that move to Nashville for a second. So you kind of, you kind of pack up everything and, and just from following you from a guy who grew up in Denver, went to school down route 70 in Colorado Mesa, you're through and through your Colorado guy. Like what was the move like for you to go cross country into a, a city in a state that, I mean, I'm presumably, you know, you're not really used to. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like looking back, I'm like, could I even do that again? <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm more proud of myself now than I was at the time. At the time I was yeah. just, yeah, and I'm very obsessive. So it's like, I got to be to Nashville. I got to start taking meetings. I got to be writing all the time. And I did that and it all worked out. But now that I'm through it. I'm like, wow, I got really lucky in a lot of ways. Like the first person I met in town on a trip to Nashville was my buddy, Tyler Rich. And, um, he's got a record deal and doing big things. And, um, he introduced me to my old roommate of three years and we lived next to each other for like four years. Um, so it just, I was like so lucky. And I think my move was kind of a lot of the risk and like fear was mitigated with just some like really happenstance, cool things that happened where I just met some cool people and they introduced me to other cool people. And like, you know, I, I got open up for Tyler and he introduced me to Chris Lane and I lied to Chris Lane and told him I'd be in Denver and that, you know, I'll just open up the show for free. You know, I'll bring some yeah, people yeah, yeah. and he brought me on the rest of that tour, which got me my booking agency deal. So it was just kind of this weird string of events that first year that I think a lot of people um, don't get that. Again, I like, I just feel so lucky in a lot of ways that my college experience with my parents helping me out and then I moved there and I, I get these connections and I think I work really, really hard, but I do think that I've, I've been in the right place at the right time a lot too, you know? Yeah. I was just about to say that, like, obviously a lot of it does have to do with hard work and, and, but also like, especially in moving to a new city and, and experiencing new things, it is a lot of right place, right time. And yeah. just being there and, and like being present and, you know, you can't start in a new city by sitting in your apartment, you know, we little, that's a little what we're doing right now, but like, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like being, being able to get out and just ex- explore and adventure and meet new people. That's what you got to do. Yeah. And, and I, two things. One, I definitely experienced loneliness and that I'm not sitting here being like, I made so many. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like I don't have a ton of friends. I think I have right. a ton of acquaintances, but that's like been, that was something I was really proud of myself. Um, this last year was like getting deeper with a few people rather than trying to like impress the world or like be friendly with everyone. Not that like, I don't love those people, but there's just a couple of people that I really clicked with. And I think that's an important thing. If you're going to move to a big city, like find a group of people and just add value in other people's lives, be there for them, show up for them and, and get close with, you know, I've, I've always said like, it's better to have 10 close friends than a hundred friends who like, wouldn't come pick you up in the middle of the night. hundred percent, hundred percent agree. You know, and all that, like uh, the other thing to say was that, that whatever that saying is, uh, and, and I'm going to botch this now. Great. It's like when uh, luck is where preparation meets hard work or something like that. Yeah. 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 And, I, think you and got it. I think so. There, there's a good chance that's terribly wrong, but someone's at home right now on the treadmill, like, like <laughs> uh, but you know, that that's kind of what it is. Like, I just feel like I pull, I always say this and my manager will probably laugh if he hears this, but I feel like I pull more lottery tickets than anyone else. It's not that I'm more talented or like, uh, you know, have something that a lot of people don't have. I think I just, I just do more and I say yes more and I, I, I just try more and that it just ups your odd for odds rather, sorry, uh, for crazy things to happen. So, yeah, no, I, I, it's so funny. You say like, just say yes. And then like good things will come. And I, and I think like, that is a, that's a great way to live by. I do think part of it is if you say yes too many times, you're going to stretch yourself too thin. But mm-hmm. the best career advice that I got was when you get that job offer, like for me, it was, you know, getting a job out of college. And it was like, when you get that job off, when you get that offer, say yes, because it's, you can easily, you know, move on to another career, move on to another job. It's better be be part of the unemployed than the never employed. So taking that opportunity and doing that is really important, I think. Yeah, I've I've had so many weird jobs. I've had so many terrible gigs, and like, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work out. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff too that if I never said yes, like I would have never met the manager whose brother worked at Universal that got me this meeting that set me up with this right with one of my favorite songs. Like, it really is that crazy kind of a thing, and. I just think you want more people 
who are going to show up to your showcase, more people following you on Instagram, more people who are rooting for you, who are going to go pre-save the single and, and all that stuff comes from just showing up and saying yes. And I think um, I've never underestimated the power of, you know, one influential person hearing the music. And so I'm, I'm just kind of always saying yes. And probably to, again, my manager's dismay. He's like, dude, stop. <laughs> but it's like, I can't keep up. <laughs> I love it. So uh, one last quick question about Nashville for a second, because I think we, we, you know, we see Nashville as the music city that it is, and there's so much opportunity there and so many talented people. How did you really kind of break through that noise of everyone trying to chase their dream? I think it's a a lot could be said like about LA too, and really break through that and really find yourself. Okay. Okay. I got my feet on the ground here and this is where I belong. Yeah. I think a big part of that is failing at that. Like for the first two years, I was trying to be like the Diet Coke version of like seven different people. Cause I was just like, I want a record deal. I want to be on the radio. So to do that, this person did that. So if I do that, then it will work for me. And, and I think now I feel like this year's been a huge turning point for me. And so I think part of that was leaning into who I am, even if it's not for everyone. Cause there's something almost to be said of like, if you're for everyone, you're for no one. Mm. Like, I think I'd rather be loved and like pursued by a ravenous group of people that will spread the word and make what I do, even though it's not normal, like cool and like underground and, and be like, Oh, you haven't heard of that. You're lame, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, rather than just kind of being like, uh, you know, the fifth or sixth or seventh person in line to fill a slot. Like uh, for me, like I wanted to be like, so many different people like Thomas Rhett, Dan and Shay, Sam Hunt. And so I dabbled with things that they did. And then I think when it really started to work is when I said, okay, what makes a Spencer Crandall song, a Spencer Crandall song? Yep. Oh, it sees elements. Oh, I do this thing vocally. Oh, I do this thing writing wise. And that's when people, you know, it's really counterintuitive, but that's when people were like into it. And I think that comes from a lot of failure. And then I think a lot of it um, is just putting in a ton of hours and just really like, you know, if I have a 1% dream, so I take 1% actions. Like my dream is to play a football stadium mm-hmm. full of people, which is just absurd. And honestly scares me every time I say it, but yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. So to do that, I have to do what, you know, out of a hundred artists, I'm the only one who's willing to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, or to take actions towards that rather. So all that, you know, maybe that's a long-winded answer to a short question but no that's no that's a perfect answer and, and like i'm in, i think i feel the same way right like the best piece of advice i got when i started this podcast was like what's going to make your podcast not be the next podcast under the sun because to your point like whether it's musicians out in nashville or you know joe schmo jared magazine starting a podcast in his bedroom during quarantine like what's going to make you you because if you're just going to try and be everybody else then you're just another statistic right so and like go ahead yeah oh no sorry um you kind of cut out so i, I <laughs> um, beauties of zoom <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the zoom interruptions my bad um, no, you're good well and and the tough part is too like like i'm gonna say this with the most love like luke combs isn't necessarily crazy different but he's the best at what he does which is kind of like a 90s like he does a thing that is pretty you know traditional or like well loved already so he's not trying to read the real he's not pushing the boundary but he's the best at that so he should do that and it's authentic to him that's why i like luke combs so much is because he although he does something that isn't necessarily in quotes different and he's different with his story and his all that stuff but he does like it's kind of like um mcdonald's like they do the hamburger at scale better than anyone else so if you're on the road, you're going to go to McDonald's, you're going right. to put on Luke Combs. He does this thing that is just so well loved and received better than anyone else. So if you're going to do like traditional country music and do it like, just like Luke Combs, great. Well, then you're going to be second, third, fourth. There's a lot of guys who are chasing that same thing. And yeah. and I, I found that like, although I love country music, I'm more like the weird taco shop off, or taco stand off the side of the highway. That's like, I do this thing, but it's kind of this and it's Frankenstein and all that stuff. And it's not going to be for everybody. And that, you know, but I think that's weirdly, again, the counterintuitive way of why it's maybe working better now is because I think people can sense that it's, it's more authentic. 
Yeah. And I think that's a, a great transition into what a year it has been for you. So, I mean, let's, let's kind of start at like where I consider 2020 to start, which is clearly March 16th, <laughs> January, February is such like an abyss. Like, I mean, to think that Kobe Bryant passed away in early, late January, like that blows my mind. It blows my mind. Like, yeah just being an LA SoCal kid like that was like yeah. my I thought that was my breaking point for a you? year did that crush you oh I like yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend she's like and this isn't her fault because like I mean it's just not the same for everybody but it was like what what is what like she wasn't like what's the big deal but it was like wow this is really oh, no, affecting I, you yeah if you don't get it you don't get it but like if you grew up with Kobe and like he was your guy like that yeah and it, like for me it wasn't even sports like obviously dominant basketball player probably arguably the best you could argue but it was his mentality the way that he carried himself the way he taught other people to carry themselves that i was like this guy is a one of one and, and like there's the there's no like for kids and he's yeah. husband and, i mean all that stuff together it it was a lot I, and i was devastated i was like wow hopefully this year doesn't end up you know this isn't like a um an omen for the rest of the year then the next boy week, were we wrong was the week before or something we had an f4 tornado rip through nashville yeah and then i got super sick with the flu the most sick i've ever been in my life which i actually think could have been covid but i'll never know now right um and then covid hit and i was like dang this is like the worst four weeks of my life yeah and then that four weeks turned into nine months and yeah. here we are like can't wait for this vaccine to get to me. You know what I mean? So like, but, but you really took 2020 by the horns, I think. And like, what, like, how did you, how did you go about starting this year and making the most out of it to, into what it was? Yeah. Well, well, first of all, I appreciate that. That's very sweet. Um, I, I think 2020 lined up with the things that I already believed in and that I already was going hard at, which is the internet. I, I think a lot of people underestimate the power of these apps and um, and just how much time people spend on their phones. And so mm -hmm. I want to find my audience and my audience is a certain age range on a certain app that I'm going to go there. So I was kind of already playing with that at the end of last year. I think then, you know, everyone had to do that, but I had just kind of early adopted TikTok and, um, you know, I, I was kind of similar on Instagram as well. And so I, I really like finding socials before other people and playing with them. And um, so it just all lined up, matched with, I put out a 21 track album. So I really got to spike this algorithm where I was putting out a ton of music. I was pushing the music through the TikTok funnel. It was kind of this like chicken egg thing where, okay, well then we'd get a song going viral on TikTok. So we'd show it to Spotify. So then it'd get on hot country. So it'd go even more viral. So then I make a right. TikTok. And get more. So like, it just kind of all culminated. And we had a lot of these beliefs for the last two or three years. I think I just got so much better at it. And then the market lined up at like the exact same time. And I think the music got way better. Um, you know, I like upped my production. I, I started working with a guy named Lalo who's been awesome. And um, I think the songwriting, the project, like, kind of like I said, leaning into my authentic truth of like doing this Justin Timberlake, John Bellion meets country and storytelling and whatever we want to call it. I, I don't right. know what genre it even fits in, but I think all those things kind of weirdly came together. And again, a lot of it comes from failing. Like my first two years in Nashville were like below average, average. Then like 30 was like, okay. And his last year, I finally feel like from three years of like, okay, mm -hmm. I got to kind of know my way around a release and the internet and those kinds of things so it all just kind of came together at the right time yeah yeah definitely and so let's kind of talk about tiktok for a second because i think you know we would be remiss to say like tiktok didn't create didn't help with what 2020 was for not only you but i think a lot of people whether it be uh, underground you know artists or even you know um, like actual art or whatever it may be like is it is it fair to say that you need to be on TikTok or something of the like now with trying to promote those types of whether it be content or music or whatnot? Yeah, I, I think if you want attention on something that you've created as of right now, you know, Instagram Reels, Triller, um, which I'm about to hop on, and then like TikTok, <laughs> those those are the places. Like it's it's not like a 
secret formula. It's just really like figuring out where the market spends a lot of their time, figuring out where the algorithms are going to push you and, and all that stuff. And yeah, I think right now, if you have a product or art or something to say, and you want to put it out there, uh, I think these algorithms really switched over. Like for a while, Instagram was like just showing it to a small percentage of the people that followed you. Right. So you're getting like 10% of your own reach. Now you can have zero followers, post a song, and it can get 40 million views. And the next day it can go number one on iTunes. Like that's real. That TikTok can do that. Yeah. And that's because it's, it's very, um, it's a very democratic algorithm. It shows it to 300 people. If 300 people like it, it shows it to 300 more people and 300 more people, and then 600, then 900. And then all of a sudden you're getting batches of like, okay, 10,000 people are going to see this. If it does well, we're going to show it to another 10,000. Okay. Now 50,000 people. And, and I've been a part of both where it gets shut down super early. I'm like, no, this was the most viral thing ever. And it's getting killed. What's happening. Yeah. But the market, the market didn't want it. That's just the reality. I also posted like my most viral video ever. I did like a 30 second one take of this thing. I saw somebody else do. I put it up. I went to bed and I woke up and had like 4 million views. And like, you just cannot explain or try to come up with, again, it's more pulling lottery tickets of like, I just posted three to four videos every day for the last year. And so I just kind of now know what my audience wants, what the algorithm wants, how to form a caption, how to, you know, comment within my own comment section. It's just like trial and error. Yeah. Did you ever think you would have your own dance challenge now? (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no. But like to, to your point, like now that has created to like what we were talking about earlier, like you have the people now that are saying, check out this song, you know, like whether yeah. it be because I'm doing a dance challenge to it, but it's hitting the algorithm and it's continuously hitting the algorithm and it's hitting more and more people. So like it, it, it like the one day there will be a great case study on TikTok and a whole documentary. I'm sure of it. Like, but right now, I think we just have to sit back and thank God that it's still here. I mean, really? Yeah, no, I, I love it. And it's, it's really created. Um, I have so many friends and including myself, like opportunity as an independent artist to like really compete. Like I put out music this year that, you know, at the end of the year, I'm looking around, I'm like, dang, like we're streaming with all the people that I last this time last year, I was like, oh, they're over there and I'm over here. And and thanks to things like TikTok, I'm like, oh, like we're all doing it. We're all yeah. doing it the same. And in fact, you know, I'll have some heads of record labels being like, I wish I could hire you as my CMO. Man, I wish my artists could understand how to use this app. Because again, I, I kind of was already an internet guy. Mm-hmm. And so now that everyone has to be an internet guy or gal, um, I think a lot of people are are looking to what I'm doing and and some other people are doing and like, oh this isn't a joke. This isn't like a TikTok thing. It's, it's real. If, if you're posting something that you love and that you're proud of, like, it doesn't matter if it's TikTok or sidewalk chalk, as long <laughs> as it's getting to people the way that you want it to, it, that's what matters. And if it's, if people are actually streaming and, and converting, then that's amazing. Yeah. I think the whole like, oh, it's just a TikTok thing or is, is gone because like, to your point, like you have to be, you have to be on it. If, if you want to reach people, like it's like, it's, it's not a, if it's a when. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's let's talk about the numbers about wilderness for a second. So November comes around, you release this, it charts number one on iTunes and country, number four in all genres, twenty million streams in the first week. Like, what is going through your head? Like you said, you you went to bed one night and you hit a four million on a TikTok, but like yeah. this is like this is the culmination of a project that I'm presumably you're working on throughout the year, and this is happening. It's real. Yeah, I mean, wilderness has been my baby for like a year for real. Yeah. me and my manager again at the end of last year kind of uh got to this point where I was like do we really just want to put out like another album or do we want to like make something special and cool and so our goal is to create the what we think you know from now on my goal is to like always have what I think is the coolest thing in country music so like I think the intros the outros the interludes the four EPs that wrap up into an album the songwriting, the production, all that stuff. Like I really pushed myself to create something that wasn't on the market. That was really authentic to me. That was my stories. Um, and we just went at it, man. We, we like for a year, I produced stuff every day with Lalo. I was writing, we would replace songs. We'd rewrite interludes. We, you know, like scrap things. We re-recorded guitars like a thousand times. It feels like, and I, I really put like my blood, sweat and tears. I, I heard people, always say that and I thought I understood it but I think this year like 
kind of showed me like, oh, this is what I can put into something. And, and right. it was really incredible. So it's cool when you put something in, you get something out um, at the same level or more. And, and I feel like I, as much as I put into this project of like my heart, I, the overwhelming response and love has been just so cool. And it's changed the way I look at myself. My peers look at me like there's just this really cool, you know, uh, natural step with every project. And I feel like this one was, was even way bigger than I could have hoped. And so I'm so thankful. And, and that really is people, you know, I don't, I don't have a label. So it's just people being really cool to me and, and going to iTunes and grabbing the album and streaming and sharing with friends. Like it's very grassroots and it's very fun to be a part of. So it's been such a fun year. I've never had this much fun making music ever. In the middle of a lockdown. All, all no, and, too. And I always have to like prep it. I'm like, look, there's never a good time for pandemic. This year sucks <laughs> for so many people. For me, it just happened to work out where I could not be on the road. I could mm. be making TikToks every day and I could produce. Honestly, if this didn't happen, I would have never finished Wilderness in the timeline that I did. So I got to finish my dream album. And yeah, I mean, it's it sounds kind of gross to say like, this was such a great year for me because I know it's been so hard for a lot of people. But the reality was that I, I just got to spend a lot of time in Nashville doing what I loved. And um, yeah, I, I made the most of a, of, of a crappy situation, I guess. Oh, but I think you, I think you bring up a good point because like, yes, this year has been by all means and by all definitions, the worst year, mm-hmm. but I think this is a this is a great opportunity for growth and understanding, okay, well, what were the positives that came out of this year? What did I learn about myself this year? What, like, like I was able to start a podcast, you were able to release an album. Yeah. Like it's the things that we were able to do in a year that we will look back and be like, that was a year that obviously changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, in, in, you know, if we want to call it the worst year ever, like that, then you want in those years to put out what you think is your best music ever, because Mm -hmm. that's when people need it. You know, how many people probably, you know, went through heartbreak or literally lost somebody like that's when Mm -hmm. you need music. That's when you need somebody to feel like, you know, like when I need music is when I need to feel heard and I need to feel like somebody understands me that I'm not alone. And in the loneliest year, I wanted people to feel like they had language to their feelings. I wanted people to feel like they weren't alone. And I wanted to feel like, you know, I, I'm pretty vulnerable in a lot of my stories and saying like, I got two shoulder surgeries and I broke up with this girl or, you know, I, I'm sitting here. I don't know if I should delete these pictures. They're very human emotions that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people go, go through. And so I, I was really glad that I could give people music in this year. And I think a lot of my peers and people who I look up to did the same thing. Like as creatives, we, we really dug in and like made cool stuff. I think we're going to look back at 2020 and be really proud of the music and art and dance and comedy and the things that came out this year, although under crazy circumstances and although we couldn't tour it, um, I think myself and a lot of people are really proud of the stuff that we came up with because we had the time, you know, we're not going anywhere. Right. And, and everyone can't wait to hear it on tour in 2021, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me uh, <laughs> but so let's switch back to the album just real quick here. Yeah. Like you, you mentioned it and we talked a little bit about it, but something that really was very unique about the album was the interludes and the intros and the outros, something you really don't see typically on a country record. Like yeah. what was, what was the, like, I don't want to say the reason, but like, what was the goal behind that and why specifically on this project? Yeah, I wanted to tell stories with my stories. I think, you know, when I think of movies or or albums that I love, it's people are telling the stories in the song, but then the album is almost a story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I look up to people like John Bellion and Drake and Justin Timberlake and um, Eminem's done some, you know, they're like weird skits and stuff, but sure. there are always parts of the album that like tie some of these stories together and almost make them make more sense. And give you more context of where they are in their lives or what they've been through or what they're going through or what they want you to know about the songs. And so I wanted, you know, this thing that I could also play with genre wise. Like I think some of the singles on there, you can get um, a little bit more down the middle in a good way. Like I I can stay in country music and not get chased away with pitchforks. And then (laughs) in the outro, drop the fattest bass you've ever heard and rap because I want to do that too. Right. And there, and I can show, I think it was a great w- way to show people like I can do all of this stuff 
it is all authentically me. You know, a lot of it too in the original um, forming of it was that at shows, we can never stop playing music. Right. Or I don't have to like sit there and do the like, hey, everybody. So who's here from out of town? The kind of like, <laughs> you know, which I've, I've done in the past. And it's hard not yeah, to. It's, I think right. there's, there's natural places where I could have talked and we had this incredible plan to tour it. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. That's a part of it. Play within genres is a part of it. Standing out is a part of it. I think um, to to write even further into some of these songs, like I get to write an extra verse or like an extra thought that in, if you want to hear the three minutes version, here it is. And then it can extend out. Like I think the say in this um, outro, it's called like the, uh, what if, what am I supposed to do? It's like a reprise of uh, a single called saying this and I've written this thing and I put it on TikTok and it kind of went viral. And so I think a lot of people resonated with that, but then it pointed them to the single. And so now people feel like they can't listen to the single without the reprise, which that was the goal is is to give people this like body of work. Um, You know, they're also split into these uh, moody piece. So North's about identity. East is about love. West about heartbreak. South about summertime, fun, nostalgia. And I wanted people to be able to listen to those EPs if they are in that mood. So like, right like the, the intro of the West album um, and all the intros, actually, I always called palate cleansers because if you're going from love to heartbreak, like it's kind of like taking a sip of orange juice and then brushing your teeth. Like oh, the worst. <laughs> so, so the, the intro for West had to like kind of cleanse your palate. It's like, yeah. okay, 20 minutes has gone by mentally or like I'm bringing you to a new place. Um, mm. That was really important. And then I loved extending these songs and just playing with genre and all that stuff. So it was really fun. I mean, if nothing else, like I just got to be goofy and, and write and throw stuff away. And, and I would show stuff to my manager. He's like, Oh, that's sick. But what if we made it double time? Like we just had so much fun with it. Yeah. And I love that you talked about like jumping, like jumping genres, playing, playing within genres and and not getting chased with pitchforks. Like I think of when Taylor Swift dropped reputation and Mm -hmm. like literally the country music world for lack of a better term, like people who knew the success of Taylor Swift were like, let's relax for a second. She's still going to chart number one. She's still going to be amazing. But now she's like continuing to shift genres. And like, people are like being like, okay, it's not like the craziest thing to be like all pissed off about it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, and I just thought that was so funny because you're, you're almost doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, any comparison <laughs> to Swift, take, so she's yeah. like, oh, bring it on. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so many people are tired of the genre conversation. Like, I mm-hmm. can't believe that, like, you know, some people are like, how would you describe your music? Like, what genre am I? Like, why? Right. Why is that important? Do you like the music? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, great. Then listen to it. Yeah, we exactly. We were raised with Napster and MySpace and LimeWire. And I listened to Green Day and then I listened to Michael Bublé. Then I listened to um Travis Tritt and then I listened to Nelly and then I listened to Tech Nine and then I listened to Christian music like we all did that if you're under the age of 30 you did that and right. or even older but like everyone had had that transition of of that in their life and so I think now when people are making music it's Frankenstein versions of what they listened to growing up and what they think is cool so yes I love country storytelling and that's why I think I'll always be in the genres because I want to see the movie I want to make it feel like it's conversational. And um, although Justin Timberlake is also my idol, sometimes it's, you know, that pop lyric is just very much about a feeling. And I just personally, for me, when I write, I I want to write the story. I want you to see the music video in your head. And so that's still very alive in country. I love the instruments of country. I love what country stands for, but I'm also going to put a bass drop. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And if people don't like it, they don't have to listen. Right. No, you just made all the 40-year-olds that listen to this podcast, which is not a lot, but feel really old. <laughs> 30, that's why I was like, damn it. That My point was just to say, like, if you're not 75 and grew right. up listening to like, hey, what's up at your local radio station? You have three of them. That's all you get, you know? Yeah, or, you know, even, like, or even like our 65-year-old parents who are like, you know, classic rock, classic rock, classic rock, classic rock. It's the same, like, it's the same 20 songs they play on classic vinyl and Sirius XM all the sure. time. And it works. I mean, like there, it's impressive, but like, yeah, like I, like my Spotify playlist has, like, it was like, I think my rap said, like, I listened to like 
152 genres. And I think the only the only play the only place where genres matter, and we saw this with Justin Bieber's Instagram about like where he genred his album, is the Grammys. Like it's like, that's the only thing that like artists should get to like personally i think artists should get to choose like where where this album is genre but it's up to the grammys yeah, and it's, it's, video, it's itunes it's grammys yeah. it's all the stuff that has nothing to do with the art it's all the right. commerce and so you know for commerce purposes people want to kick me out of the genre or whatever that's totally fine but again i'm not going anywhere i like what i do you know i feel like i finally made music that like i actually listen to like donald glover has this great uh bit childish gambino yeah yeah. he's like i get i got in my car or my sorry my buddy got in my car i picked him up from work he worked at subway and and he got in my car and i was listening to one of my own demos and he looked at me he's like you listen to your own music he's like what do you have for lunch he's like uh sandwich he's like who made it he's like i did he's like you eat your own sandwich it's like (laughs) how why would you want something if you didn't like it and that's where i feel like this year was a huge thing for me is like i just didn't sacrifice at all i made the exact music that i want on the market that i want to listen to in my car and i'm totally cool if that's not for everybody but it's for me and i I like it i love that i love that so what kind of advice would you have for the up-and-coming artists the guy that just the guy or gal that moved just moved out to nashville and is like picking up whether it's the you know the college athlete picking up the picking up the, the guitar in the dorm or you know someone who's you know been trying to release music for years on TikTok or I guess a year on TikTok because it's yeah. not that not yeah. that old <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, I always start with like I think a lot of people want to skip straight to like work hard. I actually think one of the first steps is like radical candor and self awareness. Like, mm-hmm. do you really have what it takes to chase the dream and, and defining the dream? Like for me it wasn't always a football stadium, but as I got into this, I'm like, Oh, I actually think I can do that. And so now I want to do that. And so that's what I'm going to map my actions to. Um, I think asking yourself, like what would make you the most happiest in the world on your deathbed? You'd have no regrets. Okay. Do you actually think you can do that or like be in that place or like at least have the shot to do that? Cause something like music is, is very competitive and I don't think it's for everyone. And that's yeah. not like in a mean way. It, it's just, I think a lot of people spend five or six years, in a town and then they're very sad because they're like oh i should have realized that like i actually love music but i wanted to work in marketing for music or like mm-hmm. i love music but i actually love the live shows so i should have just gone and been a promoter and like put on the biggest festivals in the world so just being really honest with yourself and asking like where you fit and what your dream is okay let's assume you have all that and it is to play a stadium and you want to be the next t swift um kind of what we talked about earlier like ask yourself what makes you you what makes you special makes you different um i think the internet is huge and just really starting to there there is no secret on the internet i don't know anything that anyone else knows it's pure trial and error and figuring out what your audience and what your target is going to react to um i think the conversation we had earlier about like choosing a lane and, and being different really bring that into the writer's room like really find out like if you're showing people songs and they're going like, yo, that's like a, that's like a Brett Young song. Yeah. Like, like, okay. <laughs> or, or how is it like a little bit of Brett Young? Cause you can love Brett Young. He's awesome. Yeah. But how do you take like the melodic sense of that and then take the production of this and like create a thing where you show it to people. They're like, Oh, I've never heard that before, but it's, it's close to this and it's close. And it reminds me of this. And so, yeah. By the way, that, this also takes a long time, which is a, another huge piece of advice. Grace, patience, and just like giving yourself a ton of empathy because this is very hard and you're not going to get it in a week. You're not, you know, the, the guitar, your fingers are going to freaking hurt for the first month. Yep. Writing, you're going to write four things and feel like they're your children, your babies. You're going to show them to everyone. They're going to lie to you and say they're good and then in a year you're gonna look back and you're like oh my god that's terrible so then you have to write 100 songs and throw those 100 songs away like it's a long journey so just buckle up like enjoy the process enjoy the marathon numbers accolades all those things like they come and go as as somebody like you know i think some people would say like a million tiktok followers is something that a lot of people want mm-hmm. i can tell you that it makes me no less anxious it makes me no less like wanting to prove myself it makes me no less um 
self-conscious about how I look or anything like it will not solve your problems. What does make me feel better about myself is the process is showing up every day and, and writing music with people I love. And, And I've boiled my life down to create things I love with people I love. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm happy. So really giving yourself time to just like not look at the numbers and not compare yourself to other people for a long time and then pick your head up in a year or two or three and be like, okay, cool. What can I do now? And um, again, very long winded answer for a short question, but no, great answer. stuff is, is a huge part of it. And um, you know, if, if people need help or advice too, like reach out to me, I, I really do. I answer a ton of DMS and, and call answer my DM <laughs> yeah, emails. Like I, I'm a yes man. So nobody helped me to get to where I am. And I, I have a manager who's awesome, but like overall I have guys like Tyler who just came out of nowhere and, and picked me up and, and helped me get to another spot. So if I can be that for somebody else, I'll always be that. And I want to be a champion for people who are getting started. So just reach out, ask me questions. I love that. And I think, I think, I think too, like to your point, like obviously putting your head down and, and, and grinding it out for those first two, three years is important. Right. And then picking, picking your head up and realizing, okay, where are we now and where can we go? But I think also too, to that, like, enjoying the small victories is, is definitely an important part because a lot of it is draining on your mental health. Like whether it's, you feel like you're just constantly spinning in the same circle, it might be working, but you're feeling like this is just a rat race, but like picking yourself up and being like, okay, this week, you know, this song got X amount of streams or even like that, right. Was pretty successful. I came out of those and thought this isn't, this is a good, you know, writing session. So I think the small victories is important too. Yeah. And I, I suck at that. Like if I'm being <laughs> honest, like I have to get better at celebrating stuff because sometimes I feel like the stadium's so far away and it's like this huge goal. And so I'm like, okay, 20 million streams, but to get to a stadium, it has to be 200 million streams. Right. And, and I get caught up in this future thing and, and I'm not good at it. So I surround myself with people who are better at it. Um, and I, I push myself to like, I'm going to go have a dinner with my manager where all we do is like talk about how well we did this year. Not that what we have to focus on, not the next thing, but like wilderness. We're going to just sit down. We're going to talk about how we're proud of ourselves. And it makes me very uncomfortable, but it is good for my mental. It's very good for my mental state. And uh, you have to do it because otherwise you're going to get to the end of, you know, you're going to get to the stadium and you're going to be like, oh, I didn't enjoy any of that. So Yeah, the, yeah, the journey is worth, it. worth it. You got to make the journey worth it for sure. Absolutely. I think this is a great question for you to practice that. Are you ready? So what are three things that came out of 2020 that you're thankful for? Woo. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful for TikTok. I know it's a weird thing to be thankful for, but it's given me so much. And um, I'm thankful for health. Um of myself and, and people I love. I, I think I'll never take that for granted again. And obviously yeah. sometimes when I think of COVID, I'm like, Oh yeah. And shows and, and all this stuff. But like a lot of people died and a lot of healthy people, young people mm-hmm. died way too soon. So it's been a really hard year for a lot of people. And I think I'll never, you know, take my health uh, and the people I love self for granted. So that's, I'm really thankful for that. Um, and then I think, you know, my relationship with those people, like that I have people who I can talk to when I'm lonely or that celebrate me when I, you know, do have X amount of streams or whatever, that, right. that's feel very blessed to have real, genuine, meaningful relationships. Um, and I'll kind of lump in TikTok and wilderness and, into one because I'm, I'm so thankful for that album, but uh, we've talked about it so much. So I felt like that's obvious, but that, <laughs> I, I almost feel now bad saying I'm not thankful for that because I'm so thankful for that. So, right. Yeah. Right. I love it. You want to wrap up with some rapid fire, maybe a little bit more lighthearted oh. questions. <laughs> <laughs> now you feel free to elaborate on these answers, but we'll just go kind of line by line. I might have a couple follow-ups to, to some of your answers, but right, are you ready for this? Get it. All right. So what, do you remember the first song you ever sang? Uh, like wrote or sang? Just sang. Like you're the guy in the college dorm picking up the guitar again. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I always go to this one, like for some reason, one of the first songs I learned was Mine by Taylor Swift. And my buddy posted, song. it's incredible. He posted <laughs> on Facebook and it got like a hundred likes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm famous. Right, right. <laughs> no, like, I, yeah, when that first, 
like viralness, I guess that's the word. I don't know if that's a real word, but like whether it was a hundred likes on Facebook or like, like I have, (laughs) I hate that I'm going to tell this story, but I have this picture on my Instagram of meeting Justin Bieber in the most absurd way. Like the most, like the most ridiculous way he walked on the beach and like walked up to us. It wasn't a meet. Like I I can't, like, I don't know why that happened. I can't tell you like exactly what happened, That's but, but like the comments and the like the Justin Bieber stands that were like, who's in this picture? Like, how did you do this? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoa, this is like my 12 hours of fame. And I'm like, not ready for this. That's wild. I wow. love it. Uh, so who's the, who's the musician that you'd want to collaborate with next? Mm, there's a couple people. I mean, Taylor Swift, if for some reason you're listening to this, hit me up. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a big fan of the podcast. Yeah, there's there's always a couple people on my list, like uh, Keith Urban, John Bellion, uh, Thomas Rhett, Jack Harlow, Charlie Puth. Um, I was just listening in my car to uh, Her with my sister, H-E-R. She's so good. Oh, God. she Yeah, incredible. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, like, I have a couple people – in my kind of class who I'd, I'd love to like, like Daniel Bradbury or Lauren Elena. So they oh. sing so well. I'm a huge fan of the duet. So I'm speaking it into existence. Get a yes. duet for, I, and I had an awesome duet this year with Julia Cole. That was a yep. really fun kind of dream collab. I listened to her before I even moved to town. Yeah. D- Daniel Bradbury. I was, I was for sure certain that she was going to win the second she auditioned on the voice. Like I yeah. knew right away she was going to win. She's, she's got that time. annoyingly perfect voice. She's like, okay, okay, stop. That's stop. literally what they should have done at the voice. They, like, I think the judges wanted to say that because it was, she just it's kept wild. getting so much better. Wild. <laughs> so can you describe your first performance in one word? Um, bad. <laughs> so I- I've asked this now of three artists and it's, and it's like, bad or like dylan brady was like chipmunk because he thought like his voice was too high it's just like it's so funny to hear like bad (laughs) it's just part of it like remember the first time you got in a car and drove like bad (laughs) bad. yeah like the first time i do anything i'm bad at it and that's that's a huge part of my journey is realizing like oh i just have to get out like the first 20 bats until i'm average and then there's another 30 averages till you're good you know like once you know that it's just a numbers game and you could be really like, you can not be as hard on yourself. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you've, you've hinted at a couple of them, but if you had to pick one, who's your biggest music in, inspiration? Mm, I'll, I'll say like country is Keith Urban. I'd say outside of country, like Justin Timberlake, John Belly, and those guys are just, they just have my number. I don't know. They ever since I can remember, like, just being a huge JT fan from the NSYNC days. And then um, I, I feel like the 2020 experience did something to my brain where like, I just never could have imagined that um, music could be made like that. It just blew my yeah. mind. It, yeah. That was, that one was quite the album for sure. Yeah. I remember I was that, at like summer camp when that thing came out and like, that's all we played. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And then Keith Urban was just like such a, um, you know, dream collab dream. Yeah he's he's the man so what is the the best city you ever performed in uh i feel like i have to say denver because there's just something different about when your peeps are there you know like your family like my like grandparents will come and they'll like put yeah. in earplugs it's like very cute so, uh yeah it's always fun to just see people and like random people you went to high school with showed yeah. up like it's just really fun so I, I always have to go with the home the home team yeah i was gonna say the hometown is probably the best one yeah would uh where or who would you want to go on tour with next hmm oh man um yeah i mean there's a couple people like um i wouldn't hate being on that dan and shay ingrid tour yeah. <laughs> i actually got to see that as the last show i saw before oh, really? um you know sam hunter was up there thomas retzo was up there um keith urban's definitely was up there kenny chesney stadium tour wouldn't suck so <laughs> um yeah all those people rock love it and so you said the dream venue is a football stadium what football stadium would that dream venue be? It's Mile High Stadium in Colorado. Oh, I love it. 
<laughs> does a dumb question alert does altitude affect the affect singing at all or is it not yeah. not as bad oh, yeah. oh it does oh yeah like I, I have a facebook live in like an hour and i'll just have to like warm up longer like your your vocal cords are so dry and then you have a lack of breath so those two things together just are not fun <laughs> and if you and if you didn't live in nashville where would you be living now i'd probably live in la i i, I would love to do like comedy acting stuff in my life and um and the weather's just perfect so all it is it is i'm literally sitting here in boston and we're supposed to get like 12 inches of snow tonight and tomorrow nope. <laughs> and i'm like I why did i leave california <laughs> snowboarding i'd be perfectly fine <laughs> all right and what is the biggest goal for 2021 um hmm. the biggest goal in 2021 is um, to find more ways to recharge. I'm not good at taking a step back. I have my foot on the gas all the time, and and I hit a point this year where I burned out really hard, and I had, like, two weeks where I, like, canceled all my rides. I felt super anxious. Like, I just, like, watched movies and just, like, was a blanket burrito. So I'm trying to avoid those episodes a little bit more, and that just comes with, like, one less ride a week or like you know that's part of the give and take of like being a yes person yeah is you there's just more burnout involved so i'm trying to avoid that a little bit more find a little bit more you know balance is a cheesy word until you need it and then you're like oh yeah yeah i need balance so yep (laughs) balance 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 love it and all right so we have one final question this has been a ton of fun but we asked we asked this question of all of our guests and i'm interested to hear your answer here if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Um, it's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I almost want it to be like not special, like average, like just something that's like really pointing to like anything that I've done is because I just put in more work. I was not genetically gifted to play football. I just wanted it more. I'm not, you know, a 10 out of 10 model looking person with, uh, you know, Shea Mooney's voice and I don't have millions of dollars. Like I don't have these things that propel people forward um, traditionally, but I actually like that about my story. And I think that's why I can relate to people. And I think that's why, if I, you know, if I had an autobiography and people were reading, like, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't really relate to, um, and nobody can, like, nobody can relate to Justin Bieber because he put up a couple of YouTube videos and got found by Usher. Yeah. But I've put out probably 4,000 videos. Right. And I think that's very relatable and people go, oh, wait, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can fail because I already fail and, and I can relate to a four to five year to six year to 10 year climb. And so I'm not special. I'm not, I'm not some like prodigy or viral sensation. I am the kid who went to your high school, who you laughed at when he first picked, picked up a guitar. I'm the kid who posted three times a day on TikTok before it was cool because I just had a hunch. And like that, that's, that is the stuff that I I'm proud of is that is the hard work and the, um, going against the odds and so i don't know that's the first thing that came to, came to my mind i love it that's an awesome answer so you got to get started on that when you're not busy working on music and tiktok yeah, and everything <laughs> so much time to do that i can't wait right balance <laughs> we gotta work on the balance for <laughs> well spencer thank you so so much this was an absolute blast again i'm glad you got the black hoodie black hat memo absolutely oh so, so much for coming on the podcast i had an absolute blast thanks man appreciate you All right, we'll talk soon. Big shout out to my new buddy, Spencer Crandall, for coming on this week's podcast. It was just a really great interview, really fun energy from him. A yes man, for sure. And I think that's a really important value is being able to say yes to a lot of things because, yeah, at the end of the day, right, everything's not going to be perfect. The gigs aren't all going to be you know, opening for Kenny Chesney or Keith Urban. Sometimes he played to a room of five, but... When you say yes, it can lead to the next thing. And that thing can lead you to the next big thing. So say yes as often as you can, whether it's country music, whether it's 
going on a podcast interview, whether it's, you know, hanging out with friends, whatever it may be, say yes as often as you can. Also, as Spencer very well put it, be sure to take that break when you need it because uh, everyone's mental health is very important as well. But I'll be sure to leave at all things Spencer uh, in the description of this week's podcast. Be sure to follow him on Instagram, TikTok, Triller, Spotify. The guy is literally everywhere. He's on top of it all. Um, and be sure to follow us on Instagram as well. Uh, if you want to do something new this year, uh, follow normal guy, lazy eye on Instagram. You'll get all the bonus content, some highlights from the episodes and everything in between. I really appreciate all the listeners. We hit our goal. I had a goal of at least 4,000 streams, uh, by the end of 2020, we hit that, uh, and, and even more over 25 countries, all 50 States. You guys are all incredible. I'm so thankful for you all. Be sure to, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, whatever you do for your favorite podcast, be sure to do it for this one. That's enough for the shameless plugs, and I will see you all next Wednesday.